You're listening to an artist interview from Chirp Radio. You can find more interviews at chirpradio.org slash podcasts. Jesse D, I'm with Chirp Radio, and I'm here with Ellie, aka Supernova. Hi, Supernova. Hello, I'm happy to be here. I'm so glad to have you on. And you last spoke to us at Chirp in early 2019. Since then, you've relocated from Chicago to New York. What is the music scene like there versus here in Chicago? It's interesting. Um, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of similarities and differences at the same time. I mean. I'll start with, I guess, Chicago, the beautiful thing about Chicago is that it has such a wonderful, incredible, vibrant indie DIY music scene. And I moved during the pandemic or slightly like towards the tail end of the pandemic. So, you know, at least I guess I'm speaking from before the pandemic, you know, you had a lot of DIY houses, punk houses, musician, artist houses, where just four or five artists would just like live in a house, you know, a neighborhood. And then they would just throw shows all nights of the weekend. You know, you could just like go in in the summertime, just like walk around and just like drop by and see some bands and see some art and just like hang out with people in a backyard or a basement. Um, And there was tons of that. And uh, I feel like in New York where, you know, uh, you rarely find anywhere in the city where artists could afford to live in a house, (laughs) you know, in the whole city almost. So it's a little bit more venue based. And even like the, the quote unquote DIY venues are like actual real venues with like a bar and a building and like a business license and stuff. Um, and so it's like a little bit less like homey in that sense. But obviously New York being, you know, 9 million people, it's just a bigger scene. There's just a, a ton of artists, ton of people doing different things. And you can kind of find your niche just as well as any other city, if not more so. So yeah, those are kind of superficial differences. Obviously, you know, like in any city, it's, you know, everyone has their different experience. And um, having moved here during the pandemic, you know, like I, I was kind of slow to get into it. I feel like just this year I'm like starting to get more into it. But yeah, that's been my experience so far. That makes sense. So the only time I've seen you perform live was February of 2020 at the Sleeping Village show that was a Smash Plastic slash Chirp anniversary show. Several lifetimes ago, it feels like at this point. I know. <laughs> <laughs> and I had heard American Queers, or at least some of the music from American Queers at that point, which kind of felt like a more hushed bedroom pop kind of queer pop sound mm-hmm. um, and I was kind of blown away by how much shredding there was <laughs> just like pure unadulterated rock shredding <laughs> the entirety of your set can you explain a little bit about how you plan to perform your live shows especially as a one-person operation I definitely feel like I try to make the live show as dynamic as possible I feel like a lot of artists especially now you know so many artists do exactly what I do. They, they produce their own music, they make it in their bedrooms and they release it to a high level. And sometimes when the artist just brings just the track and just like sings over it almost like karaoke style, you know, unless they're a really dynamic performer, it can kind of feel a little bit, you know, not the most exciting live show. And so I try to pull in, you know, one of the benefits I have is having been like a long time professional guitarist. Like I think live instruments always help to liven up the show so it doesn't just feel like you're like singing to a track. I also love playing guitar. <laughs> I played in tons of bands and you know as a guitarist it's like the typical thing where like you always want to play a bunch of solos but no one wants to hear a ton of solos you know and the singer always wants the most time and so 
and now that I run the show, I'm like, well, I run the show, so I'll play as many solos as I want. <laughs> you know, and you, you got kind of got to almost to a gratuitous degree. Maybe I, I, you know, I almost feel like sometimes I should scale back for sure. But, um, but yeah, I think it's those two two reasons. Like one to help liven up the show to make it feel like a live experience and not just playing to a track, and also just because it's it's fun for me. Good. I'm glad. It seemed like you were having fun. We were all yeah. having fun. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so you studied jazz guitar and then attended medical school. What was it like going from music to healthcare back to music? Yeah, I know. Plot twist, right? I always feel. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I went to you know I've always wanted to be a musician. I went to music school, studied guitar. It was very refreshing coming back to music. Long story short, I went to medical school for a lot of some good reasons, but mostly just the typical reasons. Like it was the obvious thing to do. My parents wanted me to do it. They didn't want to be me to be a musician. You know, it was like what was expected of me as an Asian American. As a trans woman, I felt like it was the safest option, like knowing that I was going to face, I made the decision as I was coming out, like, oh, I'm going to face all this discrimination. It's going to be hard for me to get a job. Like this is almost like the safest thing to do, like almost like inbuilt job security. And then, you know, I went there and I realized it, was, it wasn't for me. I really wanted to still just be a musician and you know, went back to music while I was in school. And then after I graduated, skipped all the rest of the part of the training and went back to music. Honestly, it was so relieved to be back doing what I actually wanted to do from the beginning to also kind of have the confidence now, I guess, the benefit of like, okay, I did the other thing. I knew I didn't like it. I know for sure this is what I want to do. You know, I don't have that doubt of like, oh, well, what if I just did this, the safe option? Maybe I'd be happier. And I did it. And I was clearly way not less happy. So, um, so yeah, I came back super confident, a lot happier. I'm also Asian American. So I feel that very strongly. I feel like every day awesome. is kind of like a check-in with yourself of like, oh yeah, no, I'm okay. I'm doing the thing I wanted to do. We don't need to stress about what we've been hearing our whole lives about what success looks like. Totally. I'm so happy to hear that. It's, I think it's like this extra layer of, you know, for some people like difficulty or an extra part of the struggle if you're Asian American or, or a lot of immigrant people come from immigrant family. I smoke paper tiles, I'm always in my last name Like a hair on my head, dead and day Dead and day Fay on Super Universe talks specifically about imposter syndrome. Can you speak a little bit more about what specific flavor of imposter syndrome you're writing to in that song? Oh my god, just like every flavor. Oh, all of it, okay. <laughs> yeah, like it definitely for sure, like as an Asian American, it's getting better now for sure. But like, you know, when I was growing up, you rarely saw Asian American people in mainstream media, music, almost at all. You know, I can count on one hand the number of ones that I've seen growing up feeling you like you don't belong, you know, having had this non-traditional path, I didn't do it from like a younger age. As a trans woman, you know, same thing. Definitely getting better now, but like I definitely didn't grow up seeing almost any trans musicians or artists um, in mainstream media. Um, in addition to just being like a human, you know, like I always tell people, you know, like on social media, you know, as you might expect, I get a ton of racist, homophobic, transphobic, you know, misogynist comments and attacks from people. It's, it sucks and I ignore it and I have comment filters on and I, you know, I don't check those as often to avoid seeing that. But when I do, you know, like I don't read those and be like, oh, maybe I am crazy for being trans. I'm like, I know I'm not crazy for being trans. I know there's nothing being wrong with being trans or gay or queer or anything like that. It's just a beautiful, normal diversity of human life. But I feel like still when I get comments that are like oh like your album sucks or something I'm like I'm like damn does it <laughs> you know <laughs> like you know it's like I still have that like inner critic like just as an artist too and um 
And so, yeah, it's like all those layers together, coalesces. So your new album, Super Universe, just came out in May of this year. I wanted to ask you about your aesthetic for the album design, which is something you kind of like touched on in your previous answer. One of your Instagram posts says that the album art is inspired by fine art museums and galleries. And this album cover has you appearing in this very lush pink gown with pearls. Copy in this specific Instagram post goes on to say that you've always loved art in all its forms and love going to museums and art shows. However, as an Asian American transgender woman, you're traditionally absent as both subject and artist from these spaces. Can you tell me a little bit about what it was like to literally frame yourself and what the process was like for creating this artwork? It was really beautiful and very liberating and a very natural extension of just like my growth as an artist and as a person. I feel like American Queers was kind of like the burgeoning pride of like solidifying my identity. And and I feel like at this point, it's just like, for me, like a no brainer. It's like, of course, I'm going to assert myself here. Of course, I'm going to take up the space. Of course, I'm going to create a better world where I envision myself for who I am, uh, worthy as anyone else to take up that space. It was really wonderful to do that project. I worked with a all, almost entirely queer, all, all women LGBTQ team from like my partner who was a photographer. We had a wonderful Hoa who was the costume designer who made handmade that dress actually. Wow. Yeah. Uh, she's wonderful. Yeah. And so it was just like a lot of things I do, just like a beautiful labor of love, just a great community, a great hang. Yeah. And just felt right. So American Queers came out in summer of 2019. That still very much has the queer pop vibes and energy to it, but it's a little more bedroom pop-y. And Super Universe has a more in-your-face sound, at least to me. There's more 80s, 90s throwback guitar styling. There's 808 heavy bits, even a little bit of like EDM and dub on vapor trails. Can you tell me a little bit about your musical transition? Yeah, I think like most artists, you know, you always want to do something different, or at least a little bit different with each album, or you want to push boundaries, or at least whatever that means to you. So I definitely want to do something a little bit different stylistically. I definitely felt like I grew as a producer from that album to this and I wanted to kind of showcase different things that I learned or things that I new creative directions I went in. Definitely a big influence on that with like the EDM electronic kind of sound was partially from Femme House, which is this like electronic music nonprofit based in LA where they provide mentorship for women LGBTQ producers. Um, and their like mission is to like help bridge the gap of like, you know, 90, some ridiculous statistic, like 90% of producers in the world are like cis men. Yes. <laughs> and yeah, it's just like something obscene, something obscene and balanced. And so every year they have this fellowship program where they take to up coming artists who are women or LGBTQ and or LGBTQ identified and provide mentorship and they do that twice a year. And so I was a part of their like fall 2021 class. They kind of teach general production and music production skills, but they're all like EDM, electronic house, or I guess mostly house DJs and electronic producers. So um, I feel like I learned a lot from their style. I was definitely influenced by their style. Uh, the person who runs it is LPGOB, who's this like house DJ. And then one of the main instructors is uh, Mini Bear another like house electronic music producer DJ based in LA. Um, and so they definitely influenced my sound a little bit and encouraged me to do like a little bit more of those like electronic sounds. And so that's definitely partly where that came from. Let's talk about Islands. Yeah, I'm just really proud of it. It's like, just my second music video. I got a grant from the Women's Fund of New York, um, New York Foundation of Arts. And um, yeah, we had a 100% as usual queer LGBTQ women team. We used a lot of like queer trans people locally that were in the video. And yeah, it's just a showcasing of like queer love and joy. 
And so, uh, yeah, I'm just really proud of the video. Why was it important to make it that way? I think it's so important. You know, I think people always talk about giving people opportunities and like bridging these gaps. And I think that you have to give people the opportunities. Most people don't realize like, why is it that it's like 90% male producers, 90% male directors and things like that. It's not just because that they're obviously because they're like, oh, they're more talented or whatever. It's because they're given more opportunities. They're given more opportunities, more reps. And that's how you get better at things. Like no matter how much talent you have, you have to have the opportunities to do it. And so that's why, no shade to people who, you know, can't afford to do this or, you know, don't necessarily do this, but like whenever I have decision-making ability, I try to always employ people who are women or LGBTQ just to get the experience, to build that community and to get people to where they want to be. And so, yeah, so I was really happy to do that for Islands. There's nothing that can save us So stay a little later I'm Jesse D. I'm with Chirp Radio, and I'm here with Supernova. Thank you. In your arms, I feel so safe. So many things I've been wondering. My arms feel curling on my skin. This has been an artist interview from Chirp Radio. You can find more interviews at chirpradio.org/podcasts.